Now, how are they ever going to let this happen? That's the one thing, you know, that I think, how are they going to let this happen? I love that. So we are spirit. These people, they're looters, they're thieves, they're below the level of consciousness. They operate from a place of shame and fear and ignorance and darkness. We are the creators. And thank you once again for having it locked to the Launchpad podcast. This is a platform for freedom of speech and giving people the opportunity to speak freely. This gentleman is CEO of Food Forest Abundance, and one of their goals is to turn lawn grass into edible gardens, a.k.a. food forest. You can even get paid to plant them. So we're going to talk about food freedom, uh, what is a food forest, and what role can you play in helping our planet slash humanity this is my guest, Jim Gale. He's aligned. He's a visionary. He's going to blow your mind. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing awesome, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on your show to speak with you and your audience about the solutions to all of the biggest problems of the world. And I mean that sincerely. That sounds nuts. But Victor Hugo said there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. And today you're going to hear that idea, not in just a way that's super inspiring, but also empowering. We're going to give you action steps that will lead to freedom of society. Okay, so this is a freedom movement, and it starts with food scarcity. We've seen horrible things happening with the supply chain just overall, whether it be microchips for cell phones and also empty shelves when it comes to grocery stores. Did this come because of this problem or was this something that was already in motion beforehand and now this is just going like that? 50 years ago, Henry Kissinger, the head of the Council of Foreign Relations, who has met with every U.S. president, said if you want to control nations, control oil. If you want to control people, control, control food. Right? If you want to control the world, control the world's currency. What is a currency? The current is the energy flow of the people held in the banks of the river, and that's the control mechanism. Those three things are the control mechanism for the slave. Right? Goethe said, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. We have been slaves, and this is the apocalypse. Thank God, because the apocalypse means lifting the veil or the unmasking, and we are going through it right now, and that's why the, they're tightening the screws down, because they don't want to lose control. But guess what? They have no choice. Right. Okay, so in a nutshell, I'm going to make a whole bunch of food references, if possible. <laughs> um, what are the signs that we are indeed in a food crisis. There's some people that just don't believe that there's a shortage of food or that there is a problem. What would be some indicators that would show that that is exactly what's happening and it's about time that people started taking this seriously? Well, the number one indicator that everybody can see and feel in their pocketbook is going to the grocery store and seeing that the prices have went up 20 to several hundred percent on all of the major commodities. You know, a baby formula for one, right? There's a hoarding on that. And then that's just the obvious one, right? And that, that's, that's basically food hyperinflation. And, and, you know, for us, for a lot of people, oh, shit, I just spent an extra 100 bucks this week or 150 or 200 at the store. For like 70% of the population of the United States and globally, another 100 bucks isn't doable. 
So now you've got people starving. Now they were already starving because the food they were buying was lacking in nutrient density, right? But now they're starving because they can't even buy the shitty food, let alone the good food. And our solution puts food everywhere, right in your backyard. Okay, now I'm fascinated by food forced abundance. And this was brought to my attention by a good friend of mine, Matthew Britt, uh, right here in the nation's capital. And for those that don't know, what is a food forest and why should somebody want to grow one? A food forest is a system designed to mimic nature, right? So you imagine the forest up there where you are uh, near, are you near Ottawa? Yep. Yeah. So I love Matthew. We talk every day. He's one of our core partners. And so a food forest is a system that mimics nature. So like how much time do you spend maintaining the forest around the capital of Ottawa? That's a silly question. Like, right. What are you talking about? Nobody, nature or God maintains the forest. Yes. Well, a food forest is a forest, but it has layers of food. And there's two different kinds of growth that we, that we understand. One is annuals. Annuals are things like uh, tomatoes and cucumbers, things that you plant a seed, you harvest the crop, and then you take some of the crop and you grab all the seeds out of that, and then you plant more seeds, right? They're a short-term food supply thing, which we very much need in the world right now. Perennials are my favorite. Perennials are plants that you plant once, and they provide food and abundance infinitely for generations to come. So the food forests that we install, we design and install, are based in long-term free food, sustainable agriculture, where we plant a forest with roots and tubers underground, sweet potatoes and potatoes and many different types of roots and tubers, herbaceous layer, mushrooms and herbs, smaller bushes and taller bushes, all a lot of berries are in this category, and then smaller fruit trees and taller fruit trees with vines growing up them. And when you combine all of that, you've got a food forest that can provide an incredible amount of food per acre. Right. So these are specifically designed to like cross pollinate. Is that what I'm supposed That's to be saying? That's a great word. Yeah. That's okay. a great word. Okay. To the, the, so a guild is a community of plants that support each other. Some plants are hyper competitive. The plants that they're putting in with the GMOs and some of these grasses that they're creating are specifically engineered to work with poisons. They're meant to be horrible crabgrass and different things, right? For society. So what we do is we take out that competition and we plant diversity of plants. And that's the key. When some people say, but what about the bugs? What about this and that? When you have a hundred different types of food growing in your backyard, the animals, the bugs, they'll come in and they'll take 10% of it here and 10% of it there, but you still have 80, 90% left for the people. Okay, that's really interesting. So. I've always not been a fan of people watering their lawn. Like you said about God, the universe, grass, like we figured it out. Just don't do anything and it grows. It's been around since the beginning of time, yet people water it all the time. Like this, this destiny of having to have a, a green lawn. And I think often when I'm watching people do this, that there are people in this world that would say the only reason you would water any type of plant, uh, especially with clean drinking water, is like you're going to eat it. 
So the fact that we water this plant and we don't eat it and it's just for aesthetic, it seems absolutely bananas. We're so disconnected from how things work other places in the world. So what you're looking to do is take people's front lawns or their backyards and have them convert them into these food forests that produce uh, an abundance of food, so much food that literally they would probably have to give some away to their neighbors, things of that nature. They would get to or sell it, right? right. I was just uh, at a, I was spoke at the um, Exit and Build Summit in Texas with uh, the Freedom Cell Network and this amazing group of people. And a guy came up to me afterwards with tears in his eyes. He said, Jim, I, I loved what you were saying. I grew up in Iran and everywhere, every tree around our community was a food producing tree, was a fruit tree. Every bush produced food. It was all designed into the system. And he said, I, when I came here like 30 years ago, I looked around, I couldn't even believe it. There were, there were no fruit trees. He's, it didn't even, he couldn't even comprehend how insane that was. We grew up with it. Now, when I grew up, I knew where the grapevines were on the fence at the Johnson house, and I knew where the commerces had their fruit trees, and we would go take some of the fruit and the grapes all the time. It was part of what was normal, but over the years, they have subsidized, and when I say they, this is the Kissinger strategy in our faces. They have subsidized and even mandated the removal of fruit trees. Um, another really quick story. I just talked to a guy who was in charge or very influential in Florida agriculture and citrus. He said, Jim, you won't believe what's happening lately. There's been a couple people who have stopped using poisons a few years ago, and they have started putting cover crops on the ground and nitrogen fixers on the ground. And they're the only citrus farms in their area who are not getting wiped out by citrus greening. Mm. The soil, my friends, is the immune system for the planet. And it's a lot more than that. But just as an immune system, when you properly build life into soil, then you've got a healthy planet. Right. So you are a, a mandate-free company. And oh, what, do, what does that mean for food forced abundance when I say you're a mandate-free company? We follow the permaculture principles. Permanent culture means permanent culture. It was founded by Bill Mollison and David Holmgren 50, 60 years ago. And it's an agricultural design science and it's based in ethics, right? And one of their ethics is fair share or actually transition lately. And so what happened, and I got to share this, a lot of people that are into the permaculture movement, it's probably 50-50, are communists because they believe that fair share is at the point of a gun. I will not work with those. That's our barrier to entry. We will not work with anybody who supports force and violence, even if they're programmed into believing that that's how it should be. So we use the permaculture principles, no force and violence, which means voluntarism. Everything we do is voluntary. And I'll give you a real quick example. I created a franchise document. It was 330 pages. I hired a company to do it. And we spent many countless hours on the phone describing what our goals were. When it got into my hands, it made me sick to my stomach. I threw the whole pile of government bullshit in the trash. And now we have a two-page document. We have no non-competes, no mandates, no patents, no NDAs. It's about the voluntary exchange of value. So you want transparency yeah. and the best Simple. of people. Well, yeah. when I was talking with Matt once about you and a decision that you were making, and I don't hear this often, 
but he says, you know, like Jim meditated on it <laughs> and came to, you know, a conclusion as to how he wanted to move forward. So this is something that you are very aligned with. I, I would say this is almost something divine from what, what I can get. I, I've been on some of your calls. I've had an, a chance to absorb what your culture is all about. See, I got culture in there. I Permaculture. See, yeah. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm on fire, dude. Uh, so tell <laughs> me where it. that came from. So it comes from the understanding that we are spirit living a divine experience. Right. And Jesus said this, and I, I'm not into religion, right? Religion is, a, is another form of government. In fact, a legion is a Roman army. I don't want to rejoin the Roman army. I want to be free. I want to have a direct connection. And how do we do that? And there's so many layers of illusion and BS, bad science, bullshit, and belief systems in here. This idea that one person can be enlightened. What is enlightenment? It's actually lightmente. It's exactly the opposite of governmente. Governance to control, mente is mind. Lightmente is a free mind. When you get a good idea, a light bulb goes off in your head. Well, you can't have a good idea when you've got a thought here and a thought here. These are programs. And when your programs are grinding, it's stress, it's dis-ease, it's disease. Relax. I meditate hundreds of times a day. I don't sit for an hour with my legs crossed and do all that stuff. That's great. I don't do that. I go... And sometimes if I'm stressed, if I'm lower than consciousness, if I'm not in the present, sometimes it'll take four or five breaths, but I'm at most four or five breaths away from a light mente. Right. So who would be, let's say, a, a person that you admire, someone that you looked up to, a role model? Yeah. I love Napoleon Hill and Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts and Eckhart Tolle and uh, Abraham at times, although lately she's been doing some different stuff with the whole narrative. Um, but all of these people that speak about the connection that we are, that we are literally living a divine experience. We are spirit living this experience to manifest. And I also like to play, I, I like games, right? And so I look at this as a divine game. And then I look at all the pieces of the puzzle of this game. In fact, I've been obsessed with it since I red pilled about 15 years ago is what are the solutions to all of the world's biggest problems? And I got it in my head. It's crystal clear when we catalyze a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of the freedom mindset and we're doing it. And I'll share some of that with you in a bit. That's just mind blowing. Okay. I kind of feel like a, a food forest when you're growing, even just with plants that I have around me that I don't eat, that it's almost like an extension of who we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a very spiritual type thing for me. I'm new to planting. So this is really, really cool to be sitting down and having this conversation with you. Now, I do want to talk about how someone can generate income uh, with yeah. food forest abundance. And I know that's not everything because money sometimes is seen as an evil thing, but money can also be used as a tool. And I think it's really interesting what you're doing uh, with your, your barter system. Yeah. So we'll just start by saying, how does someone get paid to plant with food forest abundance? So, oh, that's, that's such a beautiful uh, thought question. So first of all, I want to share that when anybody has a food forest in their yard, it is a life changer. You, it draws you in because it's a, you, you talked about the connection that you have with the plants. It's, it, we live in, as Tessa said, if you want to find the secrets to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. 
I would say feel or experience in terms of energy, mm. frequency, and vibration. And when you feel the energy, you walk into a food forest and do it barefoot, it's even better. And all of a sudden you will be elevated because when you put the Garden of Eden in your backyard, it changes how you see the world. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's such an abundance producing machine mechanism, right? This divine thing. Um, so what I've been looking at this from this kind of a macro picture is how do we change the world? And I thought, well, we need to, we need to have local decentralized food is the foundation of freedom. We also need a decentralized currency, right? The stored, the, the representation of the value of human productivity. Our currency, the fiat currencies around the world, they're mined in slavery, in debt. It's a debt-based system. Cryptos mostly are mined as a liability to society. Now I own some cryptos and I want to, we want to work with all the cryptos out there. And we even want to turn fiat into food. We fiat is shit. And we put that down as compost. We put some good soil and some good luck and we grow food out of that. So we're going to be turning fiat into food. Topia, which means top, by the way, not utopia or dystopia, but topia is simply the top is the barter exchange tool that is directly linked to food production. The mining of Topia is growing food. So it is mind blowing in that it's completely the opposite of what our current systems are, which are founded in liability and debt. Topia is mined, founded in abundance. That's wild. And yeah. so go a little bit deeper. We're gonna dig deeper here. I love it. <laughs> and like I want to plant a food force. First and foremost, I want to do I want to do my part for humanity. I have a family. I want to take care of my family. I know that there are food shortages that are coming. I get in contact with Matthew Britt or I get in contact with Jim Gale, uh, one of your ambassadors. And I say, okay, I'm ready to plant. What are the next steps? Yeah, the next steps, everything starts with the design process, right? For your life. I mean, goals or creating a vision for your life of the future that's compelling is number one. And that's what so many people are living in fear right now. By the way, you've heard the analogy or metaphor where um, you have to invite the vampire into your house. Mm -hmm. The doorway is fear. Right. Let go of the fear. Faith and courage are the foundation. And again, I'm not talking about the religion faith. I'm talking about just knowing that we're more than this. Once we start with faith and courage, then we can be free. So to start with this is design, right? Design your life, including your, one of your primary physical assets, which is your land, your property, right? Turn it into a production system instead of a liability. It can be an asset. Um, in fact, we're creating Galt's Landing here and people say, what are your HOA dues? And we laugh and we say, oh, we, we share profits. We don't have expense. We don't have a liability. All mm -hmm. these darn communities and everywhere around the world, they use their land as a liability. Our land is one of our most important assets. So start with design. And then if you want to be in the business of helping people grow food, then join us because we're all over the world helping people put the designs into the ground right now i think matthew was saying something along the lines to where like your goal is to not make money in a way that the oh. money that comes in is kind of like is the money that goes out this is 
very much like the cycle, the life cycle uh, of, a, of a plant or your perennial or well, annual I'm, or whatever. I'm, yeah, perennial. Yeah. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. keep on just churning out the money. Yes. Now, our goal is to obtain a yield, right? In business, that means financial benefit. And everybody can be wealthy when they have that kind of mindset and the understanding of finding value and serving. Now, the Nash Equilibrium, when I learned about this, it blew my mind. John Nash was, um, he won the Nobel Prize. Before him, Adam Smith was the founder of modern economic theory back then, a bunch of years back for 150 years. And his theory was, if everybody does the best they can in an economic system and serves themselves, then you're going to have a strong economy. John Nash added a very important part that refers to ethics do what's best for you and others. And when we add that and others piece, then everybody wins. And so our thing is we'll never pay taxes to an entity that we're at war with. So instead, we turn that yield after I have a good life and everybody has a good life, we turn the excess back into the system, which in essence becomes marketing for what we do. Right. It's just, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. It's, it's good on, it's good for me. It's good for my family. It's good for the community. It's good for the world. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see any holes in this thing. I mean, other than just maybe some people don't want to put in the work and there's always going to be some people that don't want to put in the work. Uh, but what you have been building now is starting to catch a, a lot of attention and not just with the average individual, but I have seen some stuff done with, you know, some of the who's who with Hollywood and some of the big names in permaculture, I believe. So who are some of those people that have jumped on board that are aligned with your vision that maybe people that are listening to this podcast right now uh, are following and know of? Yep. Well, we got three new food forest designs today so far. And one of them is a 35,000 um, home community in uh, on an island. And they, they, they have, I don't believe in non-competes and all that stuff, but they have one and I agree to it because they can't let the word out because they're going for a loyal title. A loyal title means nobody above, no government, no taxes, none of the BS that we experience here. So my point with that is we are now starting to get very globally known for helping people design freedom into their landscape. Um, the launch of Topia on the 4th of July, what happened about two Fridays ago, I called a group of influencers together. Um, many like Darren Olean, who won the Emmy last year, and many, many more names that, that you all know. And I presented to them our strategy. Every one of them not only said they're in, but they're also excited to share our strategy with their network and their influencers. And of course, I invite you to join us on that day. Imagine this. This would be the biggest launch in the history of the world when we have hundreds of social media influencers, podcasters, YouTubers, famous people on the same day speaking the same message of freedom, which is empowering and inspiring. It's, it's inspiring and it also gives action steps to freedom. When we speak the same message on the same day to hundreds of millions of people, it will elevate consciousness of humanity. Absolutely. And that's what we need so much right now, Jim. Um, this just seems like perfect timing. Number one, you know, the world's been dealing with mandates and we kind of know how everyone feels about that. Uh, whether you support them or you don't, we know that it creates massive conflict and it's, it's not natural. It's not a natural state of being. 
And obviously we, we have the food shortages. Where did we, where did we go wrong? And when, when did this become a, a real legitimate concern for you? Cause I know you have a, a pretty big family yourself. Yeah. Four daughters. It became a legitimate concern. <laughs> I had my first two daughters in 2007 and I red pilled and I learned permaculture all in the same year. I went through two years of kind of shitty two years. I, I had done about a billion three in mortgages a couple of years before that. I had time and I was 12 hours a day researching the problem. And then I read Bill Mollison's quote, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. And I read that quote, I started to bawl. I started to sob because I had that quote caught me off guard and it may help me realize, right? To see clearly inside that I was so focused on the problem that I was icky, I was wasting away. I was, I was not in a good vibrational place. From that day forward, I had the commitment and then the obsession and then more recently, the joyful obsession, which is a big deal because obsession really advocates scarcity. So I turned it to the joyful obsession. That was about 13, 14 months ago. And that's when the magic started happening every day, all day long. Right. Now, when you say something that you said to my audience right now, and I'm sure you've said countless thousands, if not tens of thousands of times, I want to change the world. That's a big statement. And they will say that if your dreams aren't big enough, right, or your, your dreams are only big enough when people are like, they start laughing at you, right? And, and there must have been that moment or is there is there a time where you remember kind of coming out with that statement where yes. you know what i think i'm going to do abc and then someone's like you're you're crazy like you're onto this whole permaculture thing maybe you're going in a little too deep you're a little too red pilled and maybe it's time to take a step back and maybe do something a little bit more rational Napoleon Hill, I love this. Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, studied the most successful people in the history of our world, right? The people who have created the most abundance. And not that I like these people or don't like them. That's not the point. The point is that after studying these people, he said, whatever the mind of man or woman can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And I said, well, wait a minute whatever my mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And then I meditated on that. And then I, I really multiple, multiple times, like you said, a lot for over a decade, for a couple of decades. And then I kept asking new questions. Well, wait a minute, what can I conceive and believe? And then I stacked layers and layers and layers to the, to the puzzle in place. And now I conceive, I see it clearly. And I absolutely believe that we're going to change the world, that as a result of my actions, the world is going to change for the better in a massive way. Of course, it's a team. It's a collaboration. So as the result of our actions and collaborating with other people like yourself and your audience, we together change the world. And how close is that vision that you had early on to where you are right now? Ah, everything is stacks and layers, right? At first, I read the embarrassingly simple quote by Bill Mollison. And I'm like, well, it is simple. This is not hypothetical. The permaculture has proven all over the world in every zone 
In fact, if you want to see something awesome, look at Greening the Deserts of Jordan by Jeff Lawton, where they took this crazy inhospitable place and now they're growing all sorts of food, right? It can be done just about anywhere. I don't know about the poles, but who wants to live there anyway, <laughs> right? Maybe the, maybe the South Pole, maybe that's a big garden, they say, whatever. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so I just kept layering and layering and every day a new piece of the puzzle comes in and it's, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one. This one blows my freaking mind. Mm -hmm. Five months ago, a woman named Alova, she has no last name. Her name is Alova, which means noble love. She comes to me after hearing one of my talks, says, Jim, I want to be involved in food forest. She became a cooperative partner. She started doing food forest installs with her partner, Pat. And as she was doing this, she was telling her network about it. And one of her friends who's a, represents a billionaire who's putting billions of dollars into society as a philanthropist. And I don't know the name of this person yet. I'm very curious to who this person is. But um, she said, Jim, this person's good. They know what's going on and they want to use their energy, their assets to help society. What should we do? Alova asked me. And I said, food force in schools. And she went, oh. I said, and then we got a list of schools, 2,200 private schools starting there because of the bullshit bureaucracy of the public system, which is a tool of enslavement, by the way. Um, so we put the word out. We got 500 applicants. We are going to be putting 50 to $100 million of food forest in schools. Wow. And they're, they're, now food forest is so much more. It's, a, it's the ultimate stack of functionality for society. Not only will it provide food and habitat and education and beauty and joy, but it also becomes a nursery and a demonstration site where the kids can teach their community. They can sell plants. They can actually use that to show what a topia economy truly looks like. Mm -hmm. Right now, now let's go, go 30 years out or 50 or 100 years out and look at the historical record of this time, the apocalypse. And what was the major catalyst? One of the most important catalysts, the donor is donating the money in the name of Alova. Mm, wow. Of love. Yeah. Like, tell me this isn't a game. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fascinating story. That's an awesome story. And I, I think tears. it speaks so truly to what you were saying with schools being tools of enslavement. There is so much potential to teach real life skills and things of true value and showing a child how to live off the land. I mean, but that's not what the powers that be want, right? They, it's the same things like with, with all things that they're teaching. Uh, very, very few of those things are practical real life skills that you're going to use. Like, heck, I wish someone would even would have shown me how to change a tire when I was young, but they want everyone, they want everyone to go to the experts to get things done, right? So like the grocery store, that's the expert when it comes to food. Uh, yet they don't want you going to the farmer. They don't want people like yourself. Uh, it's, it's not a secret, but it seems like a big secret. Do you find that there's a lot of pushback on you? Are you kind of, uh, you know, public enemy number whatever with the government because you're looking to pass over this key of just opening doors of enlightenment and food freedom to people? Yeah, what I'm describing, because we are at war, 
And I look at it as a good and evil type of war or live and not live right there. And, and I don't necessarily look at evil the way that it's portrayed in religion, not at all, in fact. But it's just one path is towards scarcity and death. The other path is towards abundance and light, life and light. And so I look at this. Um, what was your question? I got in my mind on that. Uh, would be the resistance that you get oh, from yes. potentially the powers that be. <laughs> yes. So what we're describing from a military term, right? And, and I'm not about force and violence, but if, if this were a military strategy, this would be the strategy to win the war. And it is, right? But we look at it in the terms of a love, a noble love is let's just right. inspire abundance. I mean, our job is to live and demonstrate what freedom looks like, which is joyful. Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. Right? Truer words have never been spoken. This is a joyful life. This is a life that faith and courage is so much fun. So somebody asked me, in fact, it was Foster Gamble not too long ago. I'm not sure if you know Foster Gamble, but you did Thrive. Great show about energy systems. And um, he said, Jim, uh, I, have, I have a security team that you might be interested in talking to. And I said, I've got the best security team there is. Because... Right? faith faith is the is the is the security team now something might happen to me ah whatever i'm a spirit playing a divine game if it happens it's going to go everything i've said on 70 or 80 podcasts and tv shows and radio shows and all that it's going viral instantly right so the silliest right. thing they they could do is mess with me now do some people hate me they hate themselves and i'm just in their way of their hate and i don't pay any attention to them mm -hmm. so I'm always interested in people like yourself that are hyper-focused on, on one thing, which actually, like you said, it's like an onion. There's very, there, there are many different layers that are going on here outside of like food forest abundance. What is it that brings you joy? Number one is the vision and the attention with family. Um, and then the vision, like, so when I think about the future, I imagine myself at I'm 102 years old and I'm at Galt's Landing where we're building an off-grid community with a studio to demonstrate what freedom looks like every day. And it's a nice community on a private lake with a runway and everything. It's, it's pretty freaking special. So I imagine myself and we're planting thousands on 52 acres of fruit trees and berry bushes and everything we're talking about. In fact, we'll have over a thousand different types of food growing on the property here in the near future. We already have 200. Right? Right. Most people don't, can't even name more than 20 or 30. So um, it's family and friends and having a good life. I love communicating with people. I love creating and just having fun. Right. Now, you also mentioned red pilling. Yeah. And I've gone through quite an evolution myself over the past four years, I guess, uh, where... <laughs> I've, I've learned that mainstream media seems to be a lot of bullshit. I don't even, I don't even know what to believe anymore, to be quite honest. So it's like, I'm reevaluating my life. Like, wow, uh, so much has happened that I just believe to be true. And where were the lies? So I've been kind of like, where are the lies and how much of me is really me? And yeah. with you red pilling, I could imagine that with that type of personal growth and this awareness and almost like a, a, a genesis of being in your, in your personal life, did that create any waves? Oh yeah. It, 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 there are parties that my friends would say, Jim, 
I was, a, I partied a lot in my twenties and I, I love just people. I, you know, I lived with the Maasai for a while in Africa and all over the world. And so after I read pill, there were people that said, Jim, we kind of want you to come to the party, but we don't want you talking about that 9-11 shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was my red pill. It was zeitgeist and the Same. world made so, really? That's yeah, awesome. that was when I first kind of came around. I mean, in the beginning, just like everyone else, I just saw planes going to a building. And then after the fact, it's like, okay, some of this isn't like three buildings kind of collapsed in on themselves. Like, what are the odds? Being yeah, hit with it, force. How did I believe uh, that? But anyways, uh, yes. Well, the trade centers, I, I could still believe that if I tried to, if I didn't understand what was going on. Right. But building seven, I mean. No plane hit it. Right. No That's what I always say to people, Jim, when we talk about 9-11, I'll just say, did you know, how many buildings do you think came down that day? And almost universally, people say two. And then I'll just say, well, what about Tower 7? And then I let them explore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and now, now yeah. it's been scrubbed from YouTube. Oh, it's not there anymore. You, you can find it, but you have to dig like crazy. Even the right. John F. Kennedy conspiracy speech, which right. is just gives me the chills, right? We are surrounded by a ruthless and monolithic conspiracy that has conscripted vast wealth and resources in all areas of right. government and military and everywhere, which is his words. And he then, of course, he dies, right? He gets killed. Right. But it's it's all scrubbed off right. of YouTube and stuff. Okay. I got to ask you, because this is going to be a conversation I have with a gentleman in a couple of weeks. Do you think we landed on the moon? I... Uh, so there's some things that I'm a specialist in. I know for certain of for some things right. I'm guessing on the moon thing. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it was part of the show. Um, but I don't know enough to say that with certainty. Right. Oh, well, Jim said it. We didn't go to the moon. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what? maybe, maybe we went to the moon. Right. But I, I don't think that we had a, a good way of documenting it. So we just created these things to show people. Yeah. Put it this way. If I were a betting man, I do nine to one odds on it that we did not. Right. Now, here's something that maybe you've never even thought about. But let's say, OK, we've done this whole permacultural thing here on Earth. Right. Like, are we, are we potentially thinking about, like, can we grow life on other planets like is that something that's that's possible is that like because i know that we're trying to grow things in space and i know that has to do with a lot of government this that whatever and whatnot but it, but is that something that you're that you pay any it's, attention to um it's insane now there only is one possibility that this is sane and that is that if there are a few people that know with certainty that there's a freaking asteroid coming and it's going to take the earth completely out I don't think that's the case at all. Like I, I'm almost 90, I'm 99.99% positive that they're just freaking crazy. That these people that think that they can spend billions and trillions of dollars. If, if they spend, in fact, Elon got in a, a fake argument with the guy at the UN not too long ago. And the guy okay. said, if you spend, spend 2% of your net worth, we can solve world hunger. And I got sent that by like six different people. And I did a video for Elon. I said, Elon, if you're serious about this, if you're not part of the, the scam, if you're actually a good guy, then here's how we spend your 2%, which was like $6 billion or something. I say we put million dollar food forests and 6,000 parks all over the, the world and kiosks that basically show people what a food forest is and how this is the way. 
those food forests become demonstration sites and nurseries and education sites and abundance factories, a million dollar food forest will create so much food, it will elevate the consciousness of that whole city, at least around that food forest. That's how we change the world. I didn't get a response yet. Of course. <laughs> now, how are they ever going to let this happen? That's the one thing you know that I think, how are they gonna let this happen? I love that. So we are spirit. These people, they're looters, they're thieves, they're below the level of consciousness. They operate from a place of shame and fear and ignorance and darkness. We are the creators, the people who live in faith and courage and joy and love. So we stay way ahead of them by simply being 100% creative and transparent. They can't keep up with that. That's why Victor Hugo said, there's one thing stronger than all the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. All of the armies of the world is really one army, my friends. It's the same families who have run the show forever. And the idea whose time has come implies that the idea already exists. Not, it didn't say the new idea. It said the idea whose time has come. The idea is awakeness, is light mente, is the Garden of Eden. That's the idea whose time has come, and they can't stop it. Well, Jim, number one, thank you for red pilling with me just a little bit. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and then number two, if people want to know more about food force abundance, they align with your message. They align with what you want to do. They align with freedom. They align with being anti-mandate and doing something amazing for humanity that will last generation upon generation upon generation. What's up? Give me the scoop. Well, I love the launch pad. What a great metaphor for what we're doing. Join us, launch with us, launch the Topia economy, the economy of freedom and joy and abundance. Any way you want it, we're all about voluntary exchange of value. We're all about inspired action, right? So join us either if you wanna turn your yard into a, a yard of abundance and joy, then get a design with us, it's all custom. The designers will call you up and say, what are your goals? And they'll work with you. For less than a thousand bucks, you can have a landscape design that will radically change your life. And then if you want to be in the business of helping people grow food, that's freaking fantastic and well positioned, especially considering these times, you literally are solving the most important problems for these families. So you create the service whereby you, it's like a landscaping job, but a very simple landscaping job. You've got a blueprint in your hand and you dig holes, you put food in the ground and you put this details on top that creates abundance. And anyway, so if you want to be in the business of it, get a hold of us at foodforestabundance.com. And we've got an incredible support team. Uh, they absolutely do. And I know some of the players there, including yourself and Matt, and these are just genuine, aligned, awesome people. Like every time I, I hear you speak, Jim, it puts a smile on my face. And that's a good thing. And I, I just want to speak to the importance of, of what you're doing here and just give an example of my next door neighbor who has started growing a garden uh, in her front yard. And she has a young child. And I've been watching him over the last couple of years plant with mom and dad and the amount of joy that you see in this child's eye. And I just, I know that this is changing this kid's life, that he's seeing the world differently, that we're not apart from the earth, that we are one with the earth. Like I see this all just in his eyes. So I, I think what you're doing, I know what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal the world needs more Jim Gales. And thank you for being here and sharing food forest abundance with my audience. 
Thank you so much, Jason. Big hug to you and everybody out there and let's change the world. All right. And to you, the listener, thank you so much for being here. I hope you got a lot of value out of what we chatted about here. And I really want you to get in touch with Jim and his team if this makes sense to you. And I'm pretty sure that it does. Uh, please feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can also find Jim Gale uh, on YouTube and I'll make sure to provide the links in the description. Until next time, you take care, be well, and love simply because you can.